0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of 5 Things to Watch.
1: Welcome back to 5 Things, a show where we preview the upcoming Chiefs game from 5 different perspectives, 5 different topics that we think are going to play a big role in the game. So first... We have the lab here, down a man, but that's okay. And this is this is poetic justice right here. Craig, we're here to talk about the one, the only Patrick LaVon Mahomes coming off of one of his worst games of the season, um, one of his you no know, lower games rated in his career, and now he's going to Germany to play a big game against AFC. I don't want to say rival, but another top team in the AFC, the Miami Dolphins. This is kind of a game where we're, we're thinking we're getting a vintage Patrick Mahomes game here.
2: Yeah, it feels like that. It feels like, you know, coming off of this Denver game where he wasn't feeling well, there there's not enough people that are kind of like saying, Oh, well, the reason why he didn't look great was because he wasn't feeling well. No, most people are looking at this and going, the offense is broken. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is enough of a competitor, enough of a gamer, especially if he's sitting there watching Tyree Kill talk the way that we know that Tyree Hill is gonna talk. I'm not begrudging him that. Go out and do that, man. But He's going to look at all that. He's going to hear all of that, and we're going to get an over-my-dead-body game out of Patrick Mahomes. I think that this is going to be his best execution of the year. I think he's going to be throwing with his chest, like you always talk about, Matty. I think that he's going to try and fit some things into some tighter windows. I think that he's going to take maybe some chances that he hasn't taken over the past three or four weeks, and if they start to pay off, if the receiver's are truly on time if they are truly running the routes that they need to be and he's fitting some of these in a tight window i think that this could be a building block towards breaking some of the tendencies that he's developed so far this year
1: yeah and i, I think that's the big thing you kind of you kind of nailed there at the beginning it's like right we're coming off a game where he clearly didn't play the chief's offense didn't play its best and the talk is what's wrong with the offense and some people have to put it on Mahomes. some people have said other things this that whatever it may be i can say patrick Mahomes doesn't care what the issue is He's worried about how they fix it. And I think there's been enough negative talk about this Chiefs offense and him by proxy or directly that he is going to come into this game laser focused. And I think you said it right. He's going to try to push the envelope a little bit, but not in a reckless way. We've seen Mahomes when he needs to push the envelope in for a specific way out of being petty pat. He's pretty good. He doesn't get reckless when he's doing it that way. You put that on there on top of a guy that I think is going to come in trying to execute this game perfectly. I think you're going to see a return to some of the timing passes. Maybe they get some more RPOs back in there because we know how good he is with those with all the arm angles, the quick release. Get him in a rhythm with some receivers besides Travis Kelsey. Let him hit the back of his drop and just get the ball out. Get some easy completions. See these receivers that are struggling a little bit this year compared to years past. Catch the ball on time and do something with it. And then that's going to get that confidence going. And then we might see Patrick Mahomes not pass up the open middle of the field guy, afraid that he's going to drop it and it's going to be returned for a pick six. And we're going to start seeing him firing the ball back in are just building up his confidence as this game goes on. Not that he needs his confidence built, just like the, give him a little bit of help, start playing better, start playing in rhythm, get that over my dead body Patrick Mahomes game. I think it's coming versus the Dolphins and it's a big test. This Dolphins coverage unit is getting healthy. It's led by Vic Fangio who does a good job taking away deep stuff forcing guys to execute and move the ball down the field guess what this Chiefs offense did really well last year yeah move the ball down the field right it's like you could see a last year level Patrick Mahomes game this week just because of the matchup Greg
2: yeah you absolutely could take what's there you know we, we we say it all the time we wondered if before last season if Patrick Mahomes was going to be able to alter his game and just kind of be that guy I, It's not a game manager. I don't mean it in that kind of negative connotation. taking what's there and consistently executing at a high level. They were able to do that last year. We are starting to see guys like Rasheed Rice come into the game a little bit more. He's taking what's there. They're going to sit there and they're going to play a little bit of zone against Rasheed Rice. Fire the ball in there. Change your arm angle. Throw it around, guys. We've seen that at times this year from Patrick Mahomes, but we haven't seen some of those vintage Mahomes moments. This is a time for that. Like, this is where we could see some of those. And then when the defense starts shifting, as Vic Fangio will do to try and take away some of that stuff, look for the guy that's been one of your most consistent wide receivers and Justin Watson along the outside. Try and hit some of those deep shots. Try and force them out of it again. Dictate the game. Yes, they're going to try and dictate it by keeping a lid on it, trying to make you execute at a high level. Force them out of the things that they want to do and force them into what you want your offense to do, which we haven't seen this year and we're just so used to out of Patrick Mahomes. We get one of those performance against a quality defensive coordinator, a secondary that's getting healthier, and with this wide receiver group that's been much maligned going into a trade deadline where they didn't add anybody, we can start to see maybe the page being flipped into the second half of the season. And I
1: mean, matchup-wise, this is some of the stuff that— it, it... It's stacking up to be maybe pretty good. Um, This Dolphins defense is a little bit softer over the middle of the field. And when Patrick Mahomes is at his best, it's throwing over the middle of the field. It's the shallow, it's the intermediate stuff over the middle of the field. Then yes, then we get the vintage touch throws towards the sideline, you know, on the corner routes and stuff. But it starts over the middle of the field. The Eagles and the Bills had a lot of success throwing over the middle of the field, running crossers, running these basic, you know, over the middle of the field, whether it's zone beating or man beating routes, attacking the communication and the switching of receivers from this Dolphins defense. Other teams have had success doing that. If you get Patrick Mahomes open, guys, in these areas of the field, if you get him good looks over the middle of the field, I think he can really start to pick them apart. You might see a game that looks a little bit more similar, besides just being the Travis Kelsey, to that Chargers game, where they were leaving the middle of the field a little bit more open. I think that's what they're going to see. The Dolphins will obviously come back and try to take it away. But then that's when I think you see the MBSs, the Justin Watsons, start to find a little bit of space on the outside. These guys that he does trust a little bit more to go up and make some plays. So with all that said, Craig, I'm asking you now, which wide receiver, not tight end, which wide receiver does Mahomes favor in this game? Which wide receiver gets the most targets against oh, the Dolphins? it's Rasheed Rice.
2: It's Rasheed Rice. I think the 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 soft belly of this defense is right there. It, it, it is in the heart of it. I have watched enough Dolphins defense to see that even though they are getting healthier in the secondary, they are they are primed to get you know hit with guys with good yak ability on slants, on glance routes. Like you said, it, it, introduce some more of the RPO, the glance RPO stuff. Try to get those linebackers to pull up a little bit more, throw around them, throw behind them, and have Rasheed Rice run into space. We have seen a number of those for Rasheed Rice, and there was a monster one that he dropped this past week against the Denver Broncos. This is a man that is primed to be in those areas of the field, manipulate the parts of the field that the Miami Dolphins currently struggle with, and especially if they decide to focus on Travis Kelsey, move everything over towards him, that's just going to create more space for Rice. So I'm going with him. I think that he's going to be the consistent target guy and create a lot after the catch.
1: No, I mean, I, I like that one a lot. I'm going to go with Justin Watson, um, simply because of this. If this is a game where Patrick Mahomes throws, not caution into the wind, but comes out and says, I am going to play better. I'm going to play with anticipation. I'm going to trust my guys. I'm going to hit my drop and be decisive and let it go. The guy he trusts the most in the wide receiver room is Justin Watson. If he is going to come out and just force himself to not play reactionary and wait for guys to get out of breaks. And I'm not blat- I'm not saying that's a bad thing that he's been doing it. I think he's been forced to have to because of the wide receiver play. But if he's not going to do that, if he's going to come out and want to be proactive, he wants to be on the attack, I think Watson's the guy that he's going to find that connection with. That's the guy he's going to want to go to. So I think Justin Watson could have a pretty big game catching passes from Patrick LaVon Mahomes, who is about to remind everybody that he... Is the best player in the league, and last week was just a tiny little blip in the radar during a flu game, during a flu game. Now, that was us with the lab. I think it's time to kick it over to Tucker and Outside the Trenches to talk about,
3: well, the trenches. Thank you, Maddie. It's the guys at Outside the Trenches. Down a man, no Nick Lucky today, but I've been hanging out here with Big B, Brian Hanley. As we do on our Five Things segment, we're talking about the trenches, the offensive and defensive lines for both teams uh, Big B, let's start on the offensive line for the Miami Dolphins as coming into this game, you know, you and I kind of had a conversation about the offensive line for the Miami Dolphins. They're a little confusing. They're, they're doing some good stuff without their best offensive lineman, John Armstead, who was limited early on the weeks in practice. Maybe they get him back for this game. Uh, but what have your thoughts been uh, this season of the Miami Dolphins offensive line? Well,
4: you know, Tucker, I think it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. I mean, you know, they've they've run the ball well that you can't deny early in the season they ran the ball extremely well they protected I think they made an emphasis on that but to keep Tua upright but if you look at it and you just t- kind of take a deep dive a lot of it is schematics you know what they're scheming and that's a good thing because again they don't have I mean Armstead is really good but other than that they don't really have a guy that you would say that you know he's top five in his position, even top 10 or maybe even 15 at their position. Right. They do a lot of it schematic-wise, but they work really well together. And if you do that, that can equal to having a really good offensive line. So I don't know that we go so far to say that Miami actually has a really good offensive line. I know they work well together and they get things done. That's the main thing.
3: They get things done. And that's been big for them this year. You mentioned the time to throw in the scheme and everything like that. I think Tua is one of the quarterbacks that gets the ball out of his hands the quickest, and it helps when you have the weapons that that Tua does and and did the dynamic speed and everything like that. But you look at you mentioned like the names. Obviously, Teron Armstead, a big name there, but look at the other names that they've got on this offensive line: Kendall Lamb, uh, <laughs> Lester Cotton, uh, Connor Williams, Robert Hunt, Austin Jackson. I mean, Liam Eikenberg's, like the only one that I really recognize out of that group of a group of guys because when he was coming out of the draft from, from Notre Dame, uh, but but I think you make a really good point about them running the ball really uh, really well early on. Kind of slowed down a little bit now. Mozart's hurt. They've got uh, a Chan is on the uh, the IR now, and I wonder if the Chiefs, a uh, defensive lineman, you know, Charles Woodhouse come in and he's had a pretty good impact, a uh, pretty solid impact already in the two games that he's played, tied for twenty first and pass rush efficiency. That's a uh, pass rush pro- productivity, I should say. That's a PFF metric that they have there. George Oluf is twenty third in pass rush uh, productivity as well. So, what do you think? How do you think the Chiefs can kind of get after uh, Tua in this offense? here? Well, the one thing is
4: is it, it's tricky because you can't bring a ton of pressure because you're leaving your guys on an island, right? And you know they have a ton of speed at, I mean, at the wide receiver position, just a ton of speed. So, you know. That can be a problem. Uh, one thing is guys just gotta win one-on-one matchups. I think Chris Jones can be gigantic in this game, lining up inside. I know he moves around a lot on the offensive line. I think he's gotta you gotta get into some positions to where he's one on one on a guard. Don't you know, don't let him get double teamed. Allow him to be one on one and free up other guys as well. I think Chris Jones can be huge, pushing the pocket and getting after Tua, because Tua's short, uh, and Chris Jones, if he can get pressure pushing the pocket, even if he's not the guy making the sack, just getting Tua off of his spot, I think this is a game where Chris Jones
3: can can really raise some havoc. As we've seen it for the Chiefs' side of, side of things, timing's been incredibly huge. It's incredibly uh, huge into a lot of different offenses, especially one that uh, requires a lot of speed to operate, like, uh, like the one with the Miami Dolphins, if you can just get that timing off a little bit, whether well, it is those pressures, you know, George Carlson has been winning a little bit faster than he has last year. He's most of his sacks though are still coming as second effort type plays. You gotta have that guy that's gonna get those second effort plays. But as you mentioned, Bigby, Chris Jones winning quick, Charles D'Minihue winning quick on the inside, those guys messing up that timing, I think is a really big thing, a really big emphasis uh for this game. So let's turn the page. Let's I guess not turn the page, but flip the side of the ball, flip go to the other side of the coin. As we talk about the Chiefs offensive line coming off a not very good performance against the Denver Broncos, where everything was just kind of out of sync from the wide receivers to Patrick Mahomes scrambling around back there, extending some plays, and the offensive line not staying with blocks as long as maybe they should have. Now, this 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 Miami Dolphins defense isn't necessarily a powerhouse, big B. Right. It's uh it's not very good. Their defensive line, I think, is a little bit better than what people what people say. They got some names on there, Van Ginkle, Bradley Chubb. Those guys get after the quarterback, but what do you kind of foresee in this matchup here with the Chiefs offensive line going up against that defensive front for the uh, Dolphins? Well, I believe, I
4: mean, like you said, their defense isn't great. Uh, I think this can be a get right game for the Chiefs. I I really do. Uh, I think they can take advantage of some stuff in the running game uh, if the Chiefs decide to do that. And I think they've got to decide to do that more Uh, and not necessarily just running outside, running in between the tackles. I believe the Chiefs can take some advantage of some inside run stuff if they choose, if they choose. Just one-on-one, or not one-on-one, but double-teaming at the point of attack, running in between the tackles. I believe the Chiefs can take advantage of a lot of that stuff if they choose to do so. Now, pass rushing, look, I mean, the tackles are what they are. I mean, we can complain about them or not complain about them, and right. we could read off certain statistics that say they've been done good, but we all watch the games. You know, it it hasn't been great, but I think this is a game where it can be a get right game if guys do their stuff on the outside. I just think the line can take advantage of what the Dolphins
3: bring to the table. Chiefs twenty first in terms of pass or rushing yards. Excuse me, rush yards this season twenty first in the league. What I think is really interesting too, Big B. You talk about those uh, third and short scenarios, those and short scenarios for the Chiefs. They seem to get too cute there. They don't. Yes. And and you can see, you know, the offensive line, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, those guys have now started to show a little bit of frustration with like, hey, let's just run like a halfback dive or something. Let's just yeah, let's just run it right up the middle. You look at third and 10 plus conversions for the Chiefs. looking at this right now, they rank first in the NFL and third and 10 plus conversions at 30.8%. They're, they're they're converting those 30 point, 30% of the time. Their third and short conversions, they are 19th in the uh, NFL, 58.3% yeah. uh, of the time. So those third and short percentages have been, conversions have been very tough on them so far this season. That's just something we've been seeing. There's something to put some quanti- quantified data uh, to that as well. But as you mentioned, I, I think so too. I think this defense can can give the Chiefs a good opportunity to bounce back, get back on the right track. Running the football could be a big key in this game. I know it's a kind of a drawn-out little trope there, Big B, but maybe time of possession could be a big thing for the Chiefs if they're able to possess the ball for a little bit and and maybe keep that potent defense or the potent offense and and the Chiefs defense off the field because those guys got a lot of speed. They're going to be wanting to run a track meet over there on defense. If you can keep your Chiefs defense off the field for a little bit, give them breathers, I think that they'll be in good shape. I mean, I know it's a cliche and everybody says it all the time, Tucker, but I, I mean...
4: I think this is, again, it's a game where time of possession, just keep them off the field. Yeah, You know, run the football, you know, convert. Look, as an old offensive lineman, I know those guys, third and short, they're wanting to run the football (laughs) if they can and just run downhill immediately. And that, again, extends drives. It extends drives. It keeps people off the field. I think that's a key situation where the Chiefs are just going to have to be better. They're just going to have to be better. But it's kind of what you said. They get too cute. They call certain plays and gadget plays versus just, hey man, we're just just line up and run right at them. If they stop us, they stop us. But the Chiefs got the three best interior linemen at collectively in the National Football League. And I don't think that's even uh up for debate, to be honest with you. I don't think it's up for debate. Use those guys. Let them do what they do. And I think, I mean, that's the kind of the key to the victory is to keeping them off the field, obviously the turnover batter, all that kind of stuff. But the key to the victory to victory this week, I think, is the line play and what the Chiefs yeah. can do against their defense. Because let's just face it, the the key for Miami defense is their secondary. You know, with mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey back, I don't know if Xavier Howard's going to be back, but if he is, that's their strength
3: of their defense. The strength is not their defensive line, so you might as well attack them. I'm with you. Games are won and lost in the trenches. That's why we focus on the trenches every single week here on Outside the Trenches. we appreciate you hanging out. We Appreciate you talking some trenches on uh, this episode of Five Things. Listen, we're live every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Late night crowd. The B-side is what we like to call it on the KCSN YouTube channel. Make sure to check us out. And you can always check us out wherever you listen to the podcast after the fact. Let's go ahead and send it back to Maddie for more Five Things. Thank you, Tucker.
1: Yes, that that is something we have to pay attention to is which which side, which side of the church just kind of takes over, which one which one dictates this game a little bit. I think that's going to be a huge part. And now it's time to go over to BJ Kissel, where we're going to talk about another wide receiver that needs to step up his game this week.
0: What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? BJ Kissel. Here is my thing to watch between the Chiefs and Dolphins on Sunday. While well, a lot of eyes, a lot of discussion has been about the Chiefs' defense and trying to contain this Dolphins high-flying offense, number one scoring offense in the NFL this year at 34 points per game with Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, obviously with Tua quarterback. They've got weapons. Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs defense has their hands full, but I want to talk about the other side of the ball. I've been talking about it uh, all week as a lot of the discussion regarding what the Chiefs passing game has been this year and what the Chiefs offense has been, although let's create some context here. The Chiefs Offense ranks fourth in the NFL in yards right now at 380 yards per game. And they rank 12th in points. So in yards around where they've generally been, if not higher, but in points definitely lower than what we've come to expect in the Patrick Mahomes era. Patrick Holmes individually, we look at his numbers. He's on pace for more interceptions than he's ever had in his career. Touchdowns right along there with a couple other seasons that he's had. But for me, and looking at this game specifically and what the storyline is right now and what I'm looking forward to watching on Sunday, is Marquez Valdez scaling. There's been a lot of talk about the Chiefs wide receivers, particularly the young guys, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, Richie James coming coming over from the New York Giants this off season, but for me, the struggles in the Chiefs wide receiver room, I my eyes are on Marquez Valdez scaling. He's the veteran in that room, 6th year in the league, he's 29 years old, coming off the best year of his career. Last year we had 81 targets he had 42 receptions, second-highest yardage shortly at 687 yards receiving last year. This was the opportunity for Marquez alves Scantling to step up and become that number one, number two receiver, however you want to clarify it, a guy to go to in big situations. Haven't seen that so far this year. Right now, he's got 12 catches for 227 yards and one touchdown through eight games. Reason I'm calling out MBS, he's making $8.5 million. He's the fourth-highest-paid player on the Chiefs right now as far as base salaries this season. When you look at cap space, the Chiefs, all of their wide receivers on their roster combined, account for $20 million in cap space. MVS on his own is worth $11 million of that. He is the one that should be brought up first when talking about when there's a struggle, go to the veteran, go to the guy who's getting paid. If the Chiefs offense is going to take a step forward over the final eight games and be trending in the right direction as we get closer to the playoffs, then it's guys like, I shouldn't say guys like, it is Marquez Valdez Scaling who needs to step up. We've seen Rasheed Rice step up and play, expected more out of a rookie. And what we've seen so far, then we probably would have liked it. A lot of those targets, he's the second most target, second most receptions. That should be MBS. He should be in that mix because of what he's getting paid, how long he's been in the league, how long he's been in the system compared to some other guys. And so, if you're asking me what I'm looking for against a very good Dolphins secondary that's getting Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard, they are getting their dudes back in the secondary. Chiefs offense is going to take a step forward, especially with that passing game You're looking at Patrick Mahomes. His deep passing ranks 16th in the league right now. We've known for the last couple of years since Tyreek Hill left, not going to be throwing the ball deep like we've seen in the past, but the intermediate stuff has not been there. We need to get Marquez valdez scantling going and trending in the right direction as we get closer to the playoffs because... There are no, after the trade deadline, didn't make any moves. There's no outside answers coming to the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to take the guys in that room. Right now, Justin Watson probably has the most trust of anyone not named Travis Kelsey and throwing the ball. MVS needs to get on that list. Right now, he's getting paid way too much money for 12 catches and 227 yards for an offense that was needing somebody to step up and make plays. My eyes will be on MVS. Hopefully, he steps up and makes plays. It's not him. Maybe it's one of the other guys based on, again, seniority and, and uh, the financial investment in them, i have got to go on him first. That's what I'm watching for. Let us know in the comment section what you guys are watching for. We'll send it back to the guys.
1: Thank you, BJ. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what NVS can able to pull out after this because it is time. It is time to see somebody step up. Hopefully, he's the guy that can do it. We have a few more things to talk about here, but before we do, we'll be
2: right back. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network.
3: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you look forward to the holidays? Maybe you struggle with the seasonal blues as days start to get colder and shorter here in Kansas City. And this time of year can be a lot, and it's natural to feel some sadness or some anxiety about it. But I think something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change, something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded, and to give you the tools to manage everything that's going on. It's a helpful learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries that empowers you to be the best version of yourself as well, and it isn't just for people who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash KCSN to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash KCSN. It's not a bird.
4: It's not a plane. It's the most revolutionary ball trimmer the world has ever seen. Gentlemen. Our friends at Manscaped have been working day and night to bring you a blow the waist grooming experience like none other with their brand new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra featuring the Lawn Mower 5.0 Ultra. We're talking about a next-generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shade your mind can imagine. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultra Sphere this year by going to Manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with code KCSN.
5: All right, we
1: are here. We are in the middle of our five things to watch game preview for this upcoming Chiefs-Dolphins game, and it's time. It's time to head over to the Barbershop with Sean Barber to talk about how the Chiefs can try to contain Tyreek Hill.
6: Hey, my one thing to watch, this is Sean Barber from The Process, and my one thing to watch this week against the Miami Dolphins as we play in Germany is going to be how do we protect against the big play? How do we prevent the cheater from running wild against our defense our defense has been top three maybe top five definitely top five in the entire league as far as giving up scores and we do that because we play sound defense we communicate we talk in all three levels there's a trust that you're going to be in the right alignment with the right assignment and then you're going to execute your job we have to continue to work on one of the highest levels of communication when it talks to handling someone like number 10, a.k.a. the cheetah. He has top-end speed. He has great uh, leaping ability. um, His catch radius, I mean, his his decelerate everything he does, he runs great routes. He's one of the top three receivers in the league, and he has a quarterback who can throw it out long and get him the ball. So overall, we're going to have to uh, designate multiple guys to be able to stop Tyreek Hill and then also understand that He is only one phase of that offense. So taking the top off the defense is something he's been doing his entire career. Our safeties have to be wise, play with a lot of depth, have eyes on Tyreek Hill. Make sure we at least can address and acknowledge where he is on the field before every snap. Pre-snap adjustments and alignment and assignment. Make sure there is no miserrors, no mistakes, no miscommunications. We can't have a corner and a safety being on not the same page when you're talking about Tyreek Hill because the end of that play is him shooting the peace sign and being in the end zone for six points. So the one thing I got my one thing to watch this week is to make sure there's a heightened alert, a heightened level of communication and understanding from our secondary about the alignment and about where we find the cheetah on the field and make sure we take care of him. Once again, this is Sean Barber, former linebacker to Kenneth. Once again, this is Sean Barber, former linebacker at the NFL and host of The Process. You can catch it every week on KCSN. Back to you.
1: That man right there, Cheetah, hard guy to cover. Hopefully the Chiefs will be able to pull something out. If there's anybody that knows him well, it is the Chiefs. So hopefully they will have something. And really, I mean, part of slowing down, the Cheetah is going to be all about disrupting the timing of that Dolphins offense. And here's only weird games to talk to us just about
7: that. Thank you, Matthew. Here is the Only Weird Games crew, uh, two-thirds of us at least, Nate Taylor, uh, en route to Germany in Germany. It depends on when you're listening. It's a podcast, folks. Nate has been busy for a while, so it's myself, Joshua Briscoe, alongside Seth Kaiser with you here to preview Chiefs and Dolphins in Germany. Seth, there's a lot of stuff that we talked about in Only Weird Games this week. There's a lot of stuff that will continue to be very, very relevant on Sunday, but one thing that both of us have kind of caught on to from what the Chiefs have talked about and from what you've seen from the Dolphins is how the Chiefs' defense has to disrupt the timing of Miami. It is something that Charles Menehu and Drew Tranquil and Steve Spagnolo all talked about at the podium this week. Rhythm and timing, what does that mean to you? And then I'll tell you what I what else I heard from the guys at
8: the podium this week. Absolutely. Um, so McDaniel's offense, similar... I mean, he's from the the Kyle Shanahan tree. And all great offenses in the NFL currently are predicated on timing. Um, but their offenses specifically like Andy Reid's, but even more so, really, because Andy Reid has a lot more sight adjustments than his. Um, They have specifically designed plays where, like, no, no, this is what you're doing, and you need to be at this landmark at this time. Think more, less in terms of Andy Reid's standard offense and more in terms of his screens, right? Hmm. There's a specific way this has to be done. You've got to get, you know, six steps, left foot, pivot. Like, I mean, there's just... There's a lot of timing there within their routes. And Tua, when he is targeting his first read and that read is open, their offense has been borderline unstoppable. When teams have been able to disrupt that timing and specifically disrupt their ability to go to that first read, at least the time when he wants to, that's when their offense, it, it gets thrown off schedule. And Tua, who's a, who's a very good quarterback, he has he's not necessarily an off schedule guy consistently. He can do it sometimes, but it's not something that that's not the the juggernaut go ballistic passing offense that scares everyone or even really their their run game to an extent. There's they're they're predicated on on, and still hitting their marks, getting to their spots. So for me, the pressure is going to be huge for the Chiefs. But the only way the pressure is going to matter is if the secondary and the linebackers can disrupt the timing of that first read because then you're not talking about a two and a half second or two second throw. You're talking maybe a three second throw and now all of a sudden the pressure can really wreck the game plan for the for the Broncos. So it's just, I'm having flashbacks for the Dolphins. What do you think is a good way for them to attempt to do
7: that in terms of coverage? I know it's a, it's a fun idea to say, hey, let Jerry Steen get his hands on Tyreek Hill, uh, but we, spoiler alert, when you try to jam Tyreek Hill and he gets away from it, you not not just the play is over. Your season actually ends. Your your season
8: just ends right there in that moment. You give the Dolphins seven points and you move on. You you, you best not miss. Um yeah. Hill Hill is extraordinarily strong for a guy who's shorter. Um and he he's he's incredibly like quick in he's, a mirror for you, isn't it? <laughs> I can't see. Um yeah, half of it. Uh huh? <laughs> and so it doesn't matter which half. But half That's true. Yeah, that is true. But that only so to see, he. and he's also just a regular dominant right. athlete. So yeah. Well, and that only applies in very specific situations, like carrying the groceries in. I'm convinced I could carry in a thousand pounds of groceries, but they yeah. they've got to be specifically in grocery form. Anything else, I'm useless. It's tough. Um, the The biggest thing is some jamming at the line of scrimmage is is fine, but you need to to an uh, it's almost another way of disrupting his timing, is making him guess what you're doing at the line of scrimmage. You can't just line up and jam him over and over because he's going to start shaking loose of that. What you can do is line up like you're going to jam him, and then back off right before the snap. Or you can line up and play, you know, man coverage on him without jamming him, but you know, get 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 three or four yards off the line of scrimmage, have a little help over the top to where that that passing lane's clogged up a little bit. Um, and then you, you've done that three or four snaps in a row. And then out of nowhere, you deliver a shot. Those, those things, you've got to mix it up. You've got to mix up your coverages. You, 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 are you playing man? Are you playing zone? Which kind of zone are you? Are you playing more of, you know, a vision zone? Are you playing kind of a matching zone? You, you need to, tr- you need to do all these things to disrupt his timing in terms of, okay, where do I go next? Because sight adjustments are something that Tyreek Hill became exceptional at. While he was in Kansas City, it's one reason he became such a good receiver against so zone coverage. It's not that he's just fast; he's a really smart receiver. He he finds those open spots by making him guess what coverages you're showing. You can disrupt his timing without laying a hand on him. So I I think that really is it. You you try to make them guess what you're doing, disguise it well. That's play, that's done well against him. I think that's going to have more effect. And then some physicality while he's on his routes. That's always disrupted him more than the line of scrimmage. I want to see Willie Gay Jr. manage to get a hip into him when he's running across the field. I want to see Tranquil delivering a shove, get him off his spot a little bit as he's on the route rather than trying to do it with the line of scrimmage where he sees it coming. So back to the, the,
7: the timing element of it all. Steve Spagnuolo on Thursday, Talked about, again, the the timing, the rhythm, and also noted that Miami has a lot of play action rhythm passes, and they also run the football very well, which is another kind of wrinkle to this team just being outrageously fast. It's not just Tyreek Hill. It's not just Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. It's not just the passing game altogether. They can do it on the ground and through the air. Uh, But when Charles Minohu was asked this week about what he sees from Tua and the Dolphins offense, what they have to stop, he said, quick passes. He repeated himself, quick passes. Like I said, he's a rhythm to me, a rhythm and timing type of guy, meaning Tua, and then obviously he has two guys that can stretch the defense. Uh, he talked about Tua in, in college as well, that kind of being his bread and butter, timing, accuracy, and being able to throw the deep ball. But ultimately, with all of those beats being so fundamental to the Dolphins' offense, and again, the fact that they, they can beat you in a multitude of ways, it's not one-dimensional, but it does have a mandatory baseline, and when we have seen the Dolphins get out of timing, get out of rhythm, Drew Tranquil again talked about all of the the, the same things in terms of, of trying to throw that off for the Dolphins, then you see them put up a couple, not quite goose eggs, I guess, but but eggs nonetheless, in, in games against good teams. It's kind of the funny thing about Miami. I have been buying stock in them all year. I think they're a brilliantly fun offense to watch. But they have not yet proven it against a playoff caliber team, which is really intriguing to me because not only are the Chiefs obviously a playoff caliber team, they they clinched the AFC West in Week Five in my personal record, book. Uh, but but <laughs> I guess Week Six, Seven, whatever. Yeah, Week Six, Week Six, but Week Seven. they okay. I think we're somewhere. One of these yeah. recent weeks, they all run together. You know, yeah. good morning, good afternoon. What time is it? But the the Dolphins haven't only not been able to like win a shootout against a fellow playoff caliber team. Their, their offense has actually sputtered, and we know the Chiefs now have a legitimate, in my mind, top five level defense. So I, I'm finding myself relatively optimistic about them landing a couple of those punches just enough to to just to, to disjoint them just a little bit, um, and now all of a sudden, like you said, if two is dropping back and surveying and having to take a, a three-second three drop back, the, the Chiefs' secondary has been excellent. The pass rush has been excellent. You have Charles Minahoo now back in the mix fully. I, I kind of like some of that for the Chiefs if it's not just, oh, bleep, there's Tyreek Hill, 12 yards downfield wide open, and now it's a house call.
8: Yep, yeah, or, you know, oh, wow, Mostert just burst through a hole and the safety took a bad angle and he just went 60 because that's a legitimate possibility there. That is one thing. Um, run fits and Justin Reed especially, but also Brian Cook, that's going to be a big deal because you miss against those running backs they have, those guys can scoot. And so that that's something that you know they they have given up one really big touchdown run this year. They've shown a little bit of vulnerability to really quick backs. That's just something you you gotta have your run fit straight.
7: even their coach is sneaky quick. I mean that that's you think true. about it goes all the way to the top there in Miami. so anyway, there's our our look at what we are expecting from Germany. uh Gad, if you want to hear from Nate we, we... T- talked about it all a little more with him live from an airport on only weird games but don't go anywhere else because matt lane's gonna get to talk again next and that's what we're all waiting for Matt lane well josh i think people have heard enough of that after we get to this but Theo,
1: thank you everybody for listening this is this was the five things show this is five different things that we want to see for this chiefs dolphins game that we think are going to have a big impact so we appreciate everybody for listening make sure sunday morning you tune in to the 810 pregame show before the game starts Here, catch in, tune into everything there on the 810 Sports Radio. And then after the game, as soon as the game ends, come back here, come to the KCSN YouTube page, come find us and listen to our post-game show that will be kicking off as soon as the game ends. Win, lose, draw, whatever it may be, we will be here to talk about the Chiefs and the Dolphins from Germany Sunday midday by the time this game ends. Nice and early for you guys. So we hope to see you guys coming back then. We appreciate it. And hopefully the Chiefs come away with a W.
5: This is the story of the one.